Welcome to Be The Scandal, the sacred rebellion of being your authentic self. I'm your host, Danny Hickman. Hey, Sacred Rebel, I want to start this episode a little bit differently and give you some energy to think about and to sit with that really sets up this episode and what we're going to be talking about. So I want you to just take a moment, and if it feels aligned, maybe shut your eyes, place a hand on your chest, and I want you to ask yourself, are you dating in the energy of trying to be chosen, or are you dating in the energy of being the chooser? And just notice how those words land in your body. Notice any tightness, tension, or sensation that comes up when I give you that question. This idea has been on my heart for quite some time now. Whenever I had that revelation that for the longest time, most of my dating history, I have been dating in the energy of being chosen. I was working really hard to just get someone to choose me, someone to want to spend time with me, someone that wanted me to be their girlfriend, someone that wanted me to be their wife. And for so long, I was outsourcing my self-worth in efforts to feel good about myself. And I was getting that met, that self-worth met by being in relationships with people. Because when I was, quote, chosen, when someone wanted to be with me and they wanted to date me, then I would feel good enough. And the hard part about this is when you step back and you actually observe this dynamic, it can be really hard to notice in the moment because we have the illusion of self-worth. We even have the illusion of love. It can feel really confusing and hard to spot until that relationship ends and we're left with our emotional pain. Because when we're getting our worthiness through another person, when that person leaves, there goes our worthiness. We're back to feeling unworthy and we're back to what I would just call that hamster wheel of trying to be chosen again because we don't know how to choose ourselves. And that's really how we start shifting the energy of this dynamic is we start dating from a place of self-worth, a place where we've actually chosen ourselves and we are getting clear on what are our standards for dating? What are our standards for a partnership? What do we actually want to call in? And then how do we set boundaries and not settle for less than that? And that can be hard because I know through my lived experience when it comes to dating, I have consistently settled and ignored red flags that were presented at the beginning of relationships and the beginning stages of dating that I just simply ignored because I felt like, and now of course this wasn't conscious, but now looking back, I can say this statement, I felt like being chosen getting my worth through that relationship was more important and was easier than sitting with the emotional pain that I was feeling from my past experiences and relational wounds, like feeling rejected, feeling abandoned, not feeling good enough because I had a codependent way that I would relate. It was way easier for me to just engage in that rat race, engage in the energy of trying to be chosen than to sit with my stuff. And that's hard to admit, but because I have started to shift that patterning, I have shifted that patterning, I can admit that now. And it's so interesting because I feel like in our society, there's a lot of conditioning that comes with relationships. Like you're good enough if you can find a partner. You're doing something right if your partner wants to marry you and you get married and then you go and do the next steps, maybe have a family. 
for me in the longest time, I would feel shame whenever I would end relationships. I would think, here I am again, single. I'm never going to get married. Like getting married was the indicator if I was good enough or if I was doing things, quote, right. And that was quite exhausting because when I looked at it, and one of my friends and I would laugh about this, and we say a version of like, gosh, we could have been married time and time again if we had settled and not held up our standards for dating. We could have gotten married. And the quality of the relationship that I would have had from and within those marriages would not have been expansive for me. I wouldn't have actually wanted that. So in hindsight, I'm really proud of myself for leaving relationships that weren't expansive and having to learn how do I anchor in my worth outside of relationship? Because for me, it feels really important to no longer self-abandon in order to maintain a relationship. I want a relationship that's built on a foundation of who I am authentically. I want someone to know who I am and to actively choose to be with me. And I want to know who my partner is. And I want to actively choose to be with them. I want us to be both independent people, but then have the sense of interdependence where we can work together and help create a sustainable relationship that can grow as we expand and grow individually. And I think there's so much stock in our society. And I don't know about your family system, And it doesn't feel too heavy in my family system, although there's like a little bit of this energy, but there's so much energy that is behind these markers of relationships that say, oh, you're doing it right. We're praising the longevity of relationships and we're not actually maybe looking at the quality of relationships because there's plenty of people in my life and plenty of people that I know that have been in relationships for a really long time, that have gotten married and have been married for decades. And their relationship is not something that I would desire. The quality of the relationship doesn't actually match the standards in which that I want to call in for my long-term partnership because a long-term partnership is important to me. This makes me think of a recent conversation with my niece and nephew that actually really prompted this episode. And I just love this conversation with them. I was actually eating dinner with my sister and her husband and her two kids. And the conversation of my boyfriend came up and my five-year-old niece, Lily, named him as my husband. She said a version of, oh, well, Adam is Dee Dee's husband. And I corrected her and I said, well, actually, Adam is my boyfriend. And then my eight-year-old nephew looked at me and he said, I wish I could do a sweet little Irish accent, but I can't. But he said, Dee Dee, if Adam asked you to marry him, are you going to choose him? And I just took a moment and I looked at him and I said, thank you so much for asking me that question in that way. Now, of course, he's eight. He didn't know the bigger impact of phrasing that question in that way. But it was just a really interesting way to ask that. It wasn't, when are you going to get married? It was, hey, if this person wants to marry you, do you also want to choose them? And I love that invitation, whether it's talking about marriage and something more long-term or even going out on a date or going on another date or being someone's partner, are we actually wanting to be in partnership with them too? Are we actually wanting to choose them? And I know looking back and things that have ended, and sometimes they've ended because someone else ended it. 
And I can look back and say, oh, I'm really glad that ended or that didn't go any farther or that person started dating someone else that was more in alignment and then we stopped dating. Like, I'm really glad that happened that way. And I noticed that in those times, I don't know that I would have necessarily ended it because it felt so good to be chosen and to be in that energy that I wasn't even paying attention to some of my internal indicators that this relationship wasn't actually right for me. And that is just a really interesting thing to be able to look back on and reflect on that, oh, I was maintaining something just because I wanted to maintain it because I was getting access to this external validation and it was filling this lack of self-worth that I was feeling in my body. Oh, that's what was actually going on. And I remember even sitting in my therapist's office, this was a few years ago, when one of my relationships was ending and saying a version of, this just came out of nowhere. And truly, a part of me felt blindsided. And I remember her looking at me and saying a version of, well, Danny, did this actually come out of nowhere? Or have you been given indicators that this relationship was not working, you all were not a good fit from the beginning, and you were just ignoring your intuition? And that hit me like a ton of bricks because she was absolutely right. From the very beginning, I was ignoring some of my intuitive pings that were telling me, hey, this isn't actually a relationship that you should be in long term. And I ignored it and I self-abandoned. I changed even the way that I was moving through the world in order to maintain the relationship. It was like I was holding the relationship hostage because I didn't want to feel the emotional pain that would come from being alone or even ending the relationship. It would bring up all those relational wounds and that energy that I hadn't fully processed from other relationships that had ended. I didn't want to be in that energy. I didn't know how. So it was just a really interesting thing to be able to learn how do you be present in your body and make embodied dating choices. And sometimes an embodied dating choice is to say, thank you for this time that we've spent together, and now I think it's time to end this. Sometimes the most embodied dating choice you can say is, I'm no longer going to participate in this. It's actually a no for me. Or if someone asks you to marry them and is asking for that more long-term commitment, when you check in with your body, it might be a no. It might be realizing that, oh, I don't actually want to choose this relationship. And we all are deserving of speaking that truth, whether it is a yes and the relationship feels expansive and we want to choose it and we want to choose this person, or if it's a no, because we deserve to honor ourselves and anchor in our worth enough to hear our intuition and to be able to then speak to what our authentic truth is, even if it's a no, and the person we're in relationship with deserves to know the truth. They deserve to be told, this isn't expansive anymore. I don't think this is in alignment so that they can start working through what they need to work through in order to move forward into something that is more expansive for them. Sometimes we do try to caretake ourselves and we try to avoid our own emotional pain when it comes to dating and relationships. And we also caretake other people too when it comes to dating and relationships. And when I think about it, it's hard to access this sometimes, but I do feel like this is a deep truth and some wisdom that when I anchor in it, it feels true to me. Is that when a relationship isn't working. And so this could even be you go on a date with someone and a date number two doesn't feel good, doesn't feel expansive. It feels like a no. When we're able to be present in that truth and we speak to it, 
we then open up our energy. We open up our space to call in someone that is in more alignment because someone else isn't just taking up that space. So that's for us and also for that other person. We're opening up the space for them to find someone and to call in a partner that is more in alignment with them. And this is how we date authentically. And this way of dating can feel like a sacred rebellion because it's probably going to go against societal, familial, community programming that is rooted in codependency, outsourcing your worth, and just sucking it up and dealing with it. When in fact, what actually might be most expansive for you is to tune in and not settle for a relationship that isn't expansive for you. Now, this is probably a podcast episode for another day. I'm not saying don't work on things or hit the eject button whenever things feel hard because personally, I feel like that is really important when it comes to relationships and the foundation of a relationship is how do we navigate moments that are hard? How do we continually choose one another? Because I think it's an act of choice, but it's really anchored in the energy of you deserve to choose. You are worthy of course, of being chosen, and you are worthy of choosing a partner that's in alignment. You have the ability to do that. You are worthy of that. And now I'm going to invite you, if you feel like this is resonating, this conversation is resonating with you, and you're noticing, oh, I have been dating in the energy of being chosen, and I've forgotten that I have the ability to actually choose too. I just invite you to take a moment, maybe pull out your journal, and just see what comes up when I ask these questions. And we're just allowing stream of consciousness, whatever wants to come up to come up. We're not judging it and we're not getting too attached to it. We're just simply observing what wants to be seen right now. So I invite you to ask yourself these few questions. The first is, how does it feel to be chosen? Noticing that felt sense in your body. Maybe it feels like, ooh, my heart's expanding or I feel excited. Feels like butterflies. Just notice your answer. How does it feel to be chosen? And then I want you to ask yourself, when I'm not chosen, I feel, and just allow that felt sense to come in. Maybe it's a word that comes up. Maybe you can feel the energy of what that word means in your body through tightness, tension, sensation. Just notice whatever's coming up and just allow it to be there. And now I want to go a little bit deeper, and this is poking at some beliefs or narratives that you have. And again, stream of consciousness, just allowing yourself to finish this sentence. When someone chooses me, that means I am blank. What does it say about you or mean about you if someone chooses you? And then the last question. When someone doesn't want to be with me, that means I am blank. And notice what comes up for you. When you answer that question, what does it say about you? Or what does it mean about you when someone doesn't want to be with you? And these truths can be hard to sit in. And I'm saying truth in the sense of this is a narrative that a part of you feels to be true, not that it actually is objectively true. A lot of these narratives are just steeped in emotional pain. As I was asking the questions, this was coming up, so I just want to speak into it. I hate saying this, but I just want to speak into it. I've had moments where maybe I was dating someone and they said, oh, they don't want a relationship, and we were able to have a conversation of like, oh, okay, well, I think I do want a relationship, I do want a partnership, and 
I go and I could even be in a relationship. Like I'm in love, you know, I'm in a relationship, a committed relationship. And that person maybe goes and gets a girlfriend. And I remember a particular person, they were posting how much they love them. And my immediate thought was, oh, I wasn't good enough for them. (laughs) And I'm laughing because it was just like a part of me that was so attached to this narrative, this codependent way of relating and this energy of being chosen and having that be an indicator of my worth. That it was like, I forgot that, oh wait, I'm in a committed relationship that I'm choosing that's really expansive and more expansive than that relationship would have been. But it's like a part of me still has a little bit of that narrative that comes in sometimes. And because I am self-aware and I've done some work with this narrative, I'm able to observe it and think, oh my goodness, there's that part that has a story coming up right now. And I can attune to that part. I can say, oh, I know maybe why you're saying that, but we're not actually moving through the world in that way anymore. And I can remind myself that I am worthy outside of being chosen by a man. I don't need a man to show me or tell me that I'm worthy by how he shows up or doesn't show up for me. That has no indicator of my worth. My worth is within and it actually is inherent. It's my birthright. It is there. It is not dependent on someone else's actions outside of me. And I want to bring that invitation for you too. That some of your parts might feel like you need to be chosen in order to access that sense of self-worth because they don't know how to sit in the energy of that emotional pain that comes without outsourcing the worth. And a lot of it's that unworthiness, abandonment, rejection, loneliness. And so this is actually an invitation to learn how do I sit with my emotional pain? How do I sit with myself and how do I support myself in healing some of my relational wounds that had come from relationships in the past? Maybe relationships from your family of origin, your mom, your dad, your siblings, your peers, past relationships. Maybe it's time to start changing the way that you're moving through the world and the way that you're choosing partners so that you can actually expand into a different energetic place and you stop perpetuating these old cycles that are actually reinforcing these old narratives and these old ways of getting your self-worth and those needs met through another person. Maybe it's time to change that. And I just invite you to start with those four questions that I asked and being curious and then moving from there, allowing that to inform you as to what parts of you need some attunement. Because my invitation for you is to call in relationships that are expansive for you, that are authentic. And we have to be able to meet our authentic selves and see parts of us that maybe we've abandoned long ago in order to maintain relationships, we need to call those parts back in and learn how do we access the self-worth from within and then allow a relationship to be icing on the cake and to be a safe space where we can deeply heal some relational wounds because we can only do so much individually. A lot of our relational wounds, because they happen in relationship, are deeply healed in relationship. And so we need interactions with others in order to heal these parts of us But how do we do it from an aligned place and a place where we're accessing our own self-worth and then doing the work from there? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Be The Scandal. If you like what you heard, don't forget to click subscribe so that you can join in on the sacred rebellion of being your most authentic self.